Shas Illuminated presents the following shir by Rabbi Avraham Shor. Meseches Tainus has been dedicated by Mr. Aaron Zweig, Le'iloi Nishmas Reb Shimon ben Nechemya Halevi. Tainus daf Tesvov. The first parak ends off with a memra from Reb Nachman bar Yitzchak. He says, Afani Oimer Loya not everybody is going to be zoicher to the madrega la'asid lavay of oira, and not everybody is going to be zoicher to the madrega of simcha. Tzadikim la'oira yisharim la'simcha. Tzadikim will be exposed to that which is called oira and yisharim to simcha. Dechsev ur zarua la'tzadik ul yishrei leiv simcha. Rashi says yisharim la'simcha the yisharim adifi mitzadikim. What exactly does this mean? Reb Tzadik HaKoyen in the pre-Tzadik in many places, and amongst them the first piece in Chag HaSukais, when he explains the mile of Chag HaSukais, why is it referred to as Man Simchasenu more than other Yom Toivim? And he brings down this Gemara. He says that the difference between a Tzadik and a Yashar is that a Tzadik is somebody who still has to live with the battle with the Yetzir He may emerge victorious, but he's somebody that hasn't yet uprooted the Yetzir from his spiritual makeup. And this person is a gibber. He's a gibber akovish yitzre because he has the battle and he emerges victorious. But he needs oil. He needs light to light up for him in the darkness because he lives with that darkness and he needs the siyua in order to be misgaber over his yitzhara. Masha'enkein yisharim refers to a greater madrega. As the Sefer Atanya writes by Rikas, there is the concept of a benini. A benini is somebody who's ruled both by his yitzhara and his yitzhara toiv. However, David HaMelech says, He managed to kill his Yetzirah. That Madrega is referred to as Yishrei Leib, because it's the person who was Zoycha to be Miyasher, his Leib. Now, until a person reaches that Madrega, he cannot experience true Simcha. Because as we know, Ein Simcha Katars Asfekis. When a person lives with conflict, he's being pulled in two separate directions, he cannot be Besimcha. He feels torn. He's being pulled in two different directions. Masha'enkein, somebody who's meyasher as liboy, he only has lev echad lo'avav shabashamayim, he can experience true simcha. So he says that's what Rashi means when he says yesharim are adifim mitzadikim. Because the yesharim have managed to perfect themselves to the level in which they have no conflict whatsoever. Let us now start the second parak. The parak begins, Seder Tainius Ketzad, Moitzinus Hateva, Lurchevishal Ir, Venoistin Ever Maklal Gabe Hateva. And the Mishnah delineates the entire ceremony that was enacted when they used to be Geyser Tainius. And of course, over here we're talking about the last seven Tainius, which are the most Chamurais from all the Tainius. It was a series of 13 Tainius, as we learned in the last Mishnah of the last parak, that whenever it was a year of Atzeris. No rain came down. Bismanoi, Beznius Begoyzer, an additional 13 Tainesim. And the last seven had a certain Seder, and this is what they would do. And our Mishnah explains that Seder. Now, are we referring to only a case where there was no rain, or even when there were other Tsaris that happened? This is Machlech Zrishanim. The Ramban, the Meiri, the Ran, the Ritva, and the Tur, in the beginning of Simon Tafresh Ayin Tess, understand that the Seder that's explained in our Mishnah is enacted in any time that there's a Tzara. Because a Matzev of Tzara is a reason to cry out to Hashem, and it's enough of a reason to be geyser tainus, and the entire ceremony that's discussed in our Mishnah is enacted then as well. However, from the Rambam, in Hilchus Tainius, Perik Dalet, Aleph, it's mashma that this whole thing is said only during the time of Atziris Kishamim. Now, since the Pashtus of these Mishnayas is that we're discussing cases of Atziris Kishamim, what's the Raya of those other Rishayim that understand that this is something universal to all Tsaras? The answer is because we see later in the Mishnah that Rabbi Yehuda is of the opinion that you did not have to say Zechronis and Shoifres like the Tanakama holds. The Tanakama holds, you say the Psukim of Zechronis and Shoifres during the Tefillah, the special Tefillah that our Mishnah describes. And Rabbi Yehuda says, The Gemara explains, Now the Ran and the Ritva explained that when the Gemara says, It doesn't mean only at the time that they would wage war, it means all Tzaras. A Muhammad is a time that is considered a Tzara, and you need Hashem's special Siyat Rishmaya, and so too any Tzara would warrant the ceremony that's described in our Mishnah. 
So you see that the Tanakama and Rabbi Huda are in agreement that Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Mishas Muhammad, which according to the Ram Ritva means all Tsaris, you say this ceremony, and the only Machlaikis is whether during Tinius for Gishamim you also had this whole Seder. And therefore, all these Rishonim conclude that we're not talking Dafka during the time of Atsiris Gishamim, we're talking about at any time that there is a Tsara. What does the Ramam do with that Diuk? From the Gemara later, you see that not only are we discussing a time of Tainus for Gishama, we're even describing cases of Muhammad. And Muhammad is actually a case in which both the Tanakhama and the Yudah agree that you, you go through the entire Seder of our Mishnah. So the Lechem Mishnah says that although it's true that the Ramam has to agree that Le'enya Muhammad you use the whole Seder of our Mishnah, nevertheless the Ramam disagrees with all the other Rishayim and he holds that Muhammad is Dafka. Meaning, whereas the other Rishenim hold that when it says Mochama, it's just an example of any Tzara. But who had in Shar Tzaris, all other Tzaris, you would use the Seder of our Mishnah. The Ramam holds that this is something special about Mochama. So the only times that we use the Seder of our Mishnah is by Rosh Hashanah, Yoivel, and Mochama, and in addition, the Zman of Atiris Gishamim. And from this it would sound like there is a fundamental machloikas between the Ramam and the other Rishonim, how to be Magdir, the Mechaev of Milchama. We know that Milchama, you have to use the Seder of our Mishnah of Tefillah. The question is, is that because we're in a Matzav of Tzara, and therefore we can learn from Milchama to all other Tzaras? Or is it perhaps only the Tzura of how we're told to wage war? But not because we're in a Matzav of Tzara. For example, the Inyan of being Tekeya B'Shoifer. That was the way that Akarish Baruch Hu told us to wage war. That could be seen as a din similar to the din of Tekeya Shoifer on Rosh Hashanah. The whole ceremony of Machiz Zechernis and Shoifer that we say on Rosh Hashanah is because we proclaim Akarish Baruch Hu as the Melech. It could be that Melchama were doing the same thing. We're waging war with Akarish Baruch Hu at our head. And the Tekiah Shoifer does not necessarily have to be because we're in a matzav of tzara. It could be a battle cry as well. It could be to scare the enemy. Lav Dafka, do we have to see the ceremony when it's done in a matzav of Muhammad as being something out of tzara? So the other Rishayim hold that the fact that we apply this ceremony to Muhammad is indicative of the fact that any tzara you do it must be that it's applied to any tzara. And all other tzaras, we do the same thing. Masha'en Kain, the Ramam holds that Atziris Kishamim is the only time that we find that we do it in a matzav of tzara. The fact that we do it in a mochama doesn't show anything because mochama could be for a totally different mechaev. Now the Mishnah tells us that the way that they would conduct the ceremony of Tainius is Moitzian Esateva L'Ruchavishal Ir. They would remove the Teva, bring it out to Ruchavishal Ir to a public place. What is meant by the word Teva? So Rashi on the Rif says Teva means Arna Kodesh Vesefer Torah Besoichet. Now the Bach in Arachaim Simen Kuf Nun, the Bermaschal Ubainen, points out that this is not the Arin Kodesh that's built in the Koisel Mizrahi of the Beis Knesses that we all refer to as Arn HaKodesh. Rather, there was a rectangular box that one Sefer Torah would be kept inside. And he says it was a Medes Alakarka Samach La'Arn HaKodesh. This box would always be in front of the Arn HaKodesh. V'sham Yorid Shlich That's actually what we mean when we say that the Shlich was Yorid Lefnei HaTeva. We're referring to that Teva. And that is the Teva that used to bring out to the Rechavish ear when they would be Geyser the Tainias. However, the Drisha over there in Simen Kufnun explains that Teva over here actually means the Shulchan that they used to put the Sefer Torah on when they would read from the Sefer Torah. And he says they would bring out that shulchan with the Sefer Torah on top of it. So that's a machloikis as to what exactly when we say teva. Now what happens if there was no Sefer Torah? Did they still do the seder? So the Sfasemis has a suffix about this. And he says that nira, that teva does not mean dafka with the Sefer Torah. And his raya is that many places you find the Chazal use the Lushin, oiver lefneha teva, referring to somebody serving as a shlich tzibur. And certainly he says there are many cases in which there will not be a Sefer Torah, and still the person who's over Teva does his job, even though there's no Sefer Torah to be over in front of. The Mishnah continues and tells us, What is Efer Makla that they would put on top of the Teva? Rashi explains Efer Makla means Efer Mamish. The Mishnah has to tell us that it means Efer that was produced by burning something, because the Tana doesn't want you to make the mistake and think that we're talking about regular dirt. 
since sometimes the word afer is used to describe dirt. As Rashi explains, sometimes you use the word afer to describe afer, and sometimes you use the word afer to describe afer. So the only way to make sure that you understand that we're talking about afer that was made through burning something, meaning that it's ash, that it's real afer, is by saying afer makla. Now why are we makbed an afer makla dafka? Rashi says, because afer makla genai yoiser me afer stam. Afer makla is more of a genai than regular afer. Now the question on Rashi is that if you look in the Gemara later, you'll see that there are really two reasons why we use afer. One man says, because we want to remind Hashem of the afer of Yitzchak who was brought as a carbon on the Mizbeach. The other man says, Arei anu ke We are considered in front of you, we're as chashiv as afer. Now what's the nafgamina between the two? The Gemara says, offer stam. The machloik is between the man who says that it's to remind us about Akedas Yitzchak. And the Mandiyamar who says that it's to remind us that we are really chashiv like nothing, is really machlik as to whether you could use afar stam, not just afer. If you hold that it's because of the akeda, then you cannot use afar. But if it is to show our chashivas, then you could use afar. So then the question on Rashi is, how can Rashi say that the reason why we use afar makla is because it's more of a genai than afar stam? If you're going like the Mandi Yamar who says that the reason why you used afar was to remind HaKadosh Baruch Hu of the afar of Yitzchak, then the reason is not because it's more of a genai than afar. The reason is to remind them of the Akedah. And if you say like the other Mandi Yamar, that it's to remind us that we're not chashiv like anything, then you don't need dafka afer, like the Gemara says. So what do you mean afer makla is a genai yoiser mi afer stam? So the Lecha Mishnah over there in Perik Dalit HaChastanius asked this question in Rashi, and he answers that if you look in the Gemara, you'll notice that the Gemara doesn't begin the discussion as to why we use afer until it starts discussing the practice of putting afer berosh kol echad echad but not with regards to putting Afer Makla al Gabi Ateva. And therefore he says that Rashi holds that the Homach Loikis that's discussed in, in the Gemara later is only Legabe Nesinas Afer al Rosh Kol Echad whether it's to be Maskir, Akedis Yitzchak, or to remind us of our Hashivas. However, Legabe putting the Afer al Gabi Ateva, that has got nothing to do, not with Akedis Yitzchak, because the Teva was not brought as a sacrifice, so it wouldn't make sense to symbolize the concept of Yitzchik being brought as a carbon through putting afer on top of the teva. And it's also not there to show our chashivas because that makes sense when we're putting it on ourselves, but not when you put it on the teva. We're not looking to show the lack of chashivas chas v'sholem that the teva or the Sefer Torah has. And that's something that the Gemara understood. So the Gemara doesn't even ask over there whether it's because of the Efrishel Yitzchak or because of Harenu Chashuvim Lufanecha Ka'afar. Rather, you have to say that there's a whole other reason why you put Afer Makla on top of the Teva. And that's because, like Rashi says, it's a Gnai. It's a displaying of Avelus. It shows that we're a Bitzar. Mela says, Rashi, you have to take something that gets more of a Gnai. Since Afer Makla is more of a Gnai than Afer Stam, so we use Afer Makla. In the Sefer Tiferes, Bachami says a similar terror. He says that Rashi is going on the din that you're supposed to put Afer al Rosh Hanasi. Masha Enke in the Gemara is talking about the practice of putting Efer al Rosh Kol Echad However, the Rashash and the Karen Oira, they understand that Rashi, when he explains that Efer is more of a Gnai than Afer, is going according to the Mandiyamar in the Gemara that you could be Yoytze with Afer Stam. However, Rashi understands that although you could be Yoytze with Afer Stam, it still says in the Mishnah that you're supposed to use Efer. Maybe Afer Stam works because it also reminds us of our lack of chashivas. However, the mashmos is that you still l'chatechila should use afer, And that's what's bothering Rashi. Rashi says, why is it that l'chatechila should use afer since you could be yoytze with either afer or afer? Why is it mashma that you should use l'chatechila afer? And that Rashi says that afer, no matter what, is more of a genai. However, if you look at the goin in Shulchan Aruch, in Tafresh Ayin Tes, you'll see that he doesn't agree to this pshat. Because on the words of the Mechaber, who says that you put Efer Makla on top of the Teva, the Goin says that the Mechaber is obviously going like the Mand Yamar, who says that you need Dafka, Efer, and not Afar Stam. Which means that he understands that that Mand Yamar in the Gemara, that says you could use Afar Stam, holds that the Mishnah is Lav Dafka. And not that L'Chatechilo, you're supposed to use Efer. Now why is it that Rashi holds that Efer is considered more of a Gnai than Afar? 
The Karen Ayur actually points out that that's the mashmos of the Pusik, because you see that Avram Avinu describes himself as Afar Ve'efer. Usually you go in the order of less severe to more severe. If you would have started off saying Anoichi Efer, then it wouldn't make sense to say afterwards Anoichi Efer Ve'afar, because after using a stronger metaphor, you don't go to resort to something weaker. And he explains that Afar is something that relates to the shiftless of the guf, because the guf is Afar Min HaDama. On the other hand, Efer is on the shiftless HaNefesh, because in comparison to the Eisha Ol Yoyna, he says, it's considered like Efer. And that's why Bizchar, these two descriptions that Avram Avinu said, he was Zoycha to two mitzvahs, Afar Soita, which is there to be Metaher the guf, and Efer Para, which is there to be Metaher from Tumas HaNefesh. Another reason why Afer could be seen as being more of a Gnai than Afer is because although both of them symbolize nothing, nevertheless, Afer has potential. You can grow things in Afer. Afer, on the other hand, is the opposite. It's something that has already been and has now been reduced to ash. You cannot plant in ash. It has absolutely no purpose. So whereas Afar is nothing, but it symbolizes the potential to become something, Afar is nothing, and it symbolizes only destruction. Now, Toysfus Anamit Beis, in the Bermasch of Anoysen Afar, says a very surprising thing. Toysfus says, Oisei Afar havimei etzem adam. The Afar that they used to use during this ceremony was the Afar that came from burning the bones of a person. After all, says Toysvis, this Afer is supposed to be a Zikaran for the Akeda. And the Akeda was Atzamas. And the Achrenim asked, the Karen Oyer, the Agois Yaivitz, how could it be that they actually would go and dig graves that would be tremendous bazillion hames? Especially, they say, since the Akeda actually didn't really happen with Yitzchak. Yitzchak was never burnt, it was only the Isle of Yitzchak. So there are various Terutzim in the Achrenim to answer this question. How could they have gone and used human bones to burn? Lefit Toysvis. According to the Shailz Tshuvas Chelik Levi in Chelik Yeridea, Semen Kuf Chof Hei, he says an incredible Chiddush. He says that if it's already Niskaima the Mitzvah's Kvura, with burying the Roshe Verubay of a person, suppose you manage to bury a person's head and most of his body, and something is left over outside the grave, there is no Chiv to bury that remainder of the person, and therefore it's Mutter to burn the bones. Which means that he holds that there's no problem be'etzim with burning a mace. It's just that you have to mekayim mitzvah kvura. Since you are mekayim mitzvah kvura with roshiv rubay of the person, then whatever is left over is mutter besreifa. Take a look also at the Mishnah Melech and Hilchus Evel, Perik Yud Dalit. In the last piece, he has a whole arichas about the Indian of being nene from a mace. And he also says that there's only a chi of kavura if roisha ivarube of the mace is kaim. If you bury roisha ivarube of the mace, there's no chi of, even a kazayas of a mace doesn't have a chi of kavura. And he says this to argue with the Taisvis Yomtif in Shabbos, Perik Yud, Mishnehei, who says that there is a mitzvah's kavura and a kazayas of a mace. Take a look also at the Minchaschinach in Mitzvah Tov Kuf Lamed Zion. So that's one mahalach that's used to be miyashiv, the toysfis, who says that what they used to do is take a makla from the bones of somebody who was dead because there's a heter to burn at summis if there was a mitzvah's kvura niskayim with the mace. In the Shalshu Shfus Yaakov, in Chilik Beis, Simon Kuf Aleph, in Nadib Yehuda, Madur Tinyana Yeridea, Sim Reish Tes, and the Maral Diskin, Kunjus Achren, Kuf Peiches, they all say that we could be talking over here about a guy. By a guy, it's mutter to burn the atzamas of the guy. Or alternatively, we could be talking about the aver of a Jew that fell off while he was still alive. That has no mitzvah. you're allowed to burn it. And a third possibility is mentioned by the Achiezer in Chilu Gimel, Simon Ayin Beis. He says that a person whose bones were already burnt it's not clear whether there's a mitzvah to go and bury those ashes. So he says perhaps Toysus holds that it's mutter to use the ashes, and that's what the Afer Makla was. And the Mishnah continues describing this ceremony, and it says, Amdu b'tfila. So this took place during tefillah. Tefillah in Lash Hazal usually means Shemana Esrei. Which tefillah, which Shemana Esrei are we referring to? So there's a big machlik zvishayim concerning this. The Meiri on Daf Yudalit Amad Aleph B'Shem Yesh Oimrim and also in the Piske Riyaz understand that the Hisafis that are described in our Mishnah were only instituted in Tfilas Shachris during Shemana Esrei of Tfilas Shachris. 
However, in the Shulchan Aruch, in Simitov Kuf Ayin Hey Siv Dalid, and his Makar is really in the Ramam, Peragimel Allah Chazayin Vilchas Tanius, and such is the Shita Saritva and the Beis Mebeis that in Shachris and in Mincha there would be Moisif these Hayesafes. The Ramban, however, holds that in all of the Tfilas, meaning Shachris, Mincha, and Neilah, because we know that they would add a Neilah and a Tainis. In all of them, they would add all of these brachas and tefillahs. So, so far we have the option of tefillah shachras alone, tefillah shachras and mincha, tefillah shachras, mincha and ne'ilah. A fourth shita is the shita of the Rebbeinah Hanano, which the Rishayim bring down, the Ramban, the Ran, other Rishayim bring down the shita of the Rach, which is that they would only add these Aesophis during ne'ilah. Now, you take a look at Balamur in the beginning of brachas. You find that he had a totally different shita than all of these other Rishayim. He learned that they would make Make a special tefillah. So shachris, mincha, ne'ilah, they wouldn't add any of these esophis. It was like a tefillah musaf, a special tefillah in which they would say their own shman esrei, and they would say kriyashma first. That's of course how it comes up in the sugi in the beginning of brachis, when discussing the idea of being oimed betefillah mitoich devaytoira, leni kriyashma before shman esrei. So they would say a special shman esrei with kriyashma before it, and during that shman esrei, they would make the esophis of all of these brachas and special tefillahs. So that means we have five Shittas, either Shachris alone, Shachris and Mincha, Shachris Mincha Ne'ila, Ne'ila alone, or its own separate Tefillah. Now, as far as the Nusach of the Brachas that are mentioned in our Mishnah, there are a couple of Nukudas that are worth pointing out. Number one, the fact that our Mishnah says that they would have Chaf Dalet Brachas, 24 Brachas, of course is only true before they were misakin the Bracha of Lam Shinim, the Birk Saminim. Because prior to being misakin the Bracha of Lam Shinim, the Shemona Esrei consisted only of Shemona Esrei, of 18 brachas. And that's why if you add 6, you'll end up with 24. However, since after they were misak in the brach of Allah Malshinim, there are 19 brachas, so it really ended up being 25. Number 2, there's a Machlech Zerushayinim as to whether, aside from saying the Psukim of Zechroinus and Shoifres, as is mentioned in our Mishnah, did they also say the whole Nusach of Atta Zoicher, Atta Neglesa, the whole Tefillah that we say before mentioning the Psukim of Zechroinus and Shoifres during the Musaf of Rosh Hashanah that we say every year. Rashi's Lush and his Mashmah, that was only the Psukim, because Rashi in the Ramazka Zechroinus and Shoifres says, Kol HaPsukim Shoimim B'Rosh Hashanah. However, the Ramban B'Shem Seder Ga'inim says that they would say the entire tefillah of Atta Zoicher and Atta Neglesa. The Ritva over here also starts out saying that even though you would say the Nusach of Zechronis and Shoifres, nevertheless, he says, Ein Oimer Elo Psuke Zechronis, V'Shoifres Bolvad V'loi Shara Tefillah. Then he says, Alva Rabbeinu Agad Loram Banz Al Kosev, Ki B'Seder Ga'inim Nimtza, Sha'im Vakei Ein Salusa, Debei Rav, Sha'im of Rosh Hashanah. He says that you say the whole Nusach that you say in Rosh Hashanah, of course, you skip the things that relate directly to Rosh Hashanah, like Zayyam Tchilas Ma'asecha, and the like. The Me'iri agrees to the Ramban, and that's actually how it's brought down in the Torah in Simon Tovkuf Ayin Tes. Now there's also a discussion concerning the Psukim themselves. Are these the same Psukim that you said in Rosh Hashanah, or do you pick other Psukim? Rashi's Mashma, again, that it's the same Psukim. However, the Ritva says that from the Rambam it's Mashma that they used to choose other Psukim. As he says, It seems from the Rambam's words, They would take other Psukim. But he does not seem to agree to this Rambam. Now, even though the Ramam Shita is that they would choose other psukim, which more related to the Ma'ira, to the Inyan of Tainis or Tsaris, nevertheless, the Ramam in the Pirish Bishtais does say that there were similar criteria for the inclusion of the psuke, Zechrenis and Shifras, to the criteria that we use on Rosh Hashanah. Like one of the examples is that the Rambam says that you don't say Zechrenis shall Yachid, like the Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah, and you also don't say Zechrenis that have to do Peronius, like the Gemara says over there in Rosh Hashanah. The Gvuris Ari from the Shagisari is Mo'erer, that the Lushan of the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah is Mashma, that the reason why you don't include a Psukim of Peronius is because it's the beginning of the year. And in the beginning of the year, we don't want to be or any ketrugim. In which case, he wonders, why wouldn't they do it over here? This is not the beginning of the year. And he suggests that the only reason why the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah says that it's because of the beginning of the year that you don't mention certain psukim, that's only when the Gemara is discussing things that are not Peronius Gomer, rather they're things that were said by HaKadosh Baruch Hu out of Rizcha, out of anger. Something that's not a Peronius Gomer, but was said by Rizcha, that we refrain from saying in the beginning of the year. Mashenke Peronius Gomer, we don't mention at any time. 
Another nekuda worth pointing out is that we don't say the psukim of Malchius over here. In Rosh Hashanah we say Malchius, Zechorinus, and Shifras. Now the Zechorinus ask from the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, and Aflamid Bezim and Aleph, where the Gemara has a limud, Matamadlimra, Ani Hashem, Lekechem, to teach us Zebne Av, Lechom Mokim, Shenemra by Zechorinus, you Malchius Imohen. Anytime you say Zechorinus, you're supposed to have Malchius together with them. So the Taisis Yom Tov over here in the Mishnah says that that memory is only referring to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur Shal Yoival. Anytime you mention Zechreinus in those two times, then you have to have Malchias together with them. However, the Sfas Emes points out over here that this could be the reason for a Yehuda who argues and says that you don't say Zechreinus and Shoifris. He says that could be for this very reason. Since we have a Limud that says that whenever you have Zechreinus, you have to have Malchias together with them. And we know that now is not a time of being Mamlech the Rosh Hashanah is a time of Malchias. As is Yom Kippur of Yoival, but a tainus is not a time that you're being Mamlech Hashem, and since it's not a time that's appropriate for Malchus, and we know that you only mention the Psukim of Zechernis and Shoifers when you have Malchus in Mohem, so we understand that now is not a time to say any of them. Now, from the way the Sfasemis is explaining Shittas Rabbi Yehuda, you see that he holds that although Rabbi Yehuda uses the Lashen, which sounds like you don't have to say it, but you can. Nevertheless, the real Hezber in the Shittas of Yehuda is that you're not supposed to, because since the way he's explaining, you cannot say Zechrenes and Shefer since you don't say Malchias, so it's not just Lehoyot Tzarech, it's, it's inappropriate to say it. And this is actually a machlaikis amongst the Rishonim, how to understand Shittas of Yehuda. According to the Ritva, Bedas HaRambam, the sheet of Rabbi Yehuda Leimar, is Davka You didn't have to say it, but you can say it. And that's unlike what we just saw in the Sfas Emes. The Ritva uses this to be miyashiv astira in the Rambam. Because on the one hand, the Rambam, the Pirsha Mishnayis, says halacha kerb Yehuda. And nevertheless, in the Yad HaChazakah, when the Rambam is writing the halacha in Perik Dalit, Hilchus Tanius, he brings down the din that you say Zechroinus Vishoifris. Says the Ritva, how do we reconcile the Rambam, the Pirsha Mishnayis, with what he says in the halachas? And he answers that the Rambam obviously holds that Rabbi Yehuda just meant Lehoyotzarech. But of course, the Minig is to say it, and that's why the Rambam is quoting the Nusach, how the Minig was to say. However, the Ritva himself does not learn that way. And most of the Rishanim don't learn that way. The Ra'ah, the Ran, they all say that Rabbi Yehuda does not mean he means that you're not supposed to say it. And even in the Shita Sarambam, according to the Nuschois that we now have in the Shita of the Rambam in the Pirsha Mishnayis, it seems pretty clear that the correct Girsa is not Halacha Kerb Yehuda, rather ain't Halacha Kerb Yehuda. And so there is no steer to what the Rambam says in the Halachas, he paskins like the Rabbanan. And it also comes out that it seems pretty unanimous as to what the actual sheet of Rabbi Yehuda is. Because the only reason to say that the Ramam argues and the rest of the Rishayim who say that Rabbi Yehuda holds you're not supposed to say it is because of the stira that the Ritva asks. Once there's no stira, then we can assume that the Ramam holds like the rest of the Rishayim that the sheet of Rabbi Yehuda is that you're not supposed to say it. Another Nakuda that relates to the Nusach that they used to say during the special tefillah is that it says in our Mishnah that they used to end off Misha'ana es Avroham Bahar Hameiria Huyane Eschem Sakaschem. And the question is, what do we mean when we say that Hashem answered Avram and Har Hameiria? What fila did Avram Davin and what was it that Hashem was answering him? Says the Marsha, you cannot say that what the Gemara means is that Avram Avinu Davin, that the Akedah of Yitzchak should not take place. Rather, he says that Avram Avinu Davin, the fact that he daven, that he should get the opportunity to bring an ayel, and that the ayel should be ayel that was all part of Avram Avinu's tefillah, and it was answered. However, you see from the Rishonim and the Rishalmi that they bring down, the Ramban and the Ritva, they bring you Rishalmi, from which you see very clearly that the tefillah of Avram Avinu that we're referring to is the tefillah that the Akedah should not take place. How do you see that? Because the Rishalmi that they bring asks a question. The Rishalmi says, why is it that we end off the bracha Goyel Yisrael, we should rather end off Goyel Yitzchak? Because it's Yitzchak who was spared. So you see very clearly that we're discussing over here the Hatzalah of Yitzchak, the fact that he was spared from the Akedah. And the Karen Oyer explains why is it that Avram Avinu would daven for such a thing? The answer is because Hashem already was maftiach Avram Avinu. So he wanted Hashem to work out some way that although he was being mitzavim to bring him as an oiler, nevertheless somehow Yitzchak would be spared and he would be able to be the hemshech of the Jewish people. 
Another question that's asked is that it says in the Mishnah, Misha Ones Avisenu al Yamsuf, Uyana Eschem Vishma Kolza Kaschem Hayoimaze. Which makes it sound like Kriyas Yamsuf was a product of the Tfilus of Klal Yisro. And the question is that Rashi says on the Posik by Kriyas Yamsuf, Ma Titzak Eli, when Moshe Rabbeinu was being Marich Bitfilo, Rashi explains, Ma Titzak Eli means this is now not the time to be Marich Bitfilo. And as it says in the Zerah Kodesh over there, that Kriyas Yamsuf is Ba'atika Talia, which means that it's dependent on a certain dimension that has absolutely nothing to do with human intervention. Usually, humans are capable of intervening through the medium of tefillah and changing things. Hashem was telling Moshe Rabbeinu, this is not something that's dependent on tefillah, it's batika talia, it's dependent on Hashem alone, something that precedes the world, precedes the Bria, and precedes human Bechira. So how can we say that Kriyas Yamsuf was, so to speak, a response to our tefillahs? However, we know, and we say this in davening every day, shamata al yamsuf. Hashem heard their tzaka on the yamsuf, which means that it was something that it was a response to tefillahs. If you take a look at Tzadik HaKoyin in Parshas Bishalach, you'll see the answer. He explains that there are two types of tefillahs. There's tefillah l'moshe and tefillah l'oni. Tefillah l'moshe, the tefillah of a tzaddik, is capable of accomplishing a lot. Because the tzaddik is on a very high madrega and he has the ability to affect things through his tefillah. But then there's the tefillah of the ani. Tefillah of the ani means the tefillah of those that are not on any madrega. The people that the malachim are even saying about them, and they're fully undeserving of anything. A tefillah that comes out of the recognition that one is totally incapable of saving themselves. And they feel the utter dependency on their That at times is the tefillah that Hashem is more interested in. So when Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, Now is not the time to be marich b'tefillah. That means I don't want your tefillah. I want their tefillah. So it does say, If you listen to their tefillah. Sometimes that tefillah is capable of generating things that are totally ba'atika, like we explained from the Zerah Kaddish. Because atika is the madrega that precedes human bechira, that's above anything that this world is about. And sometimes in order to get there, you have to be aware that without HaKadosh Baruch Hu's salvation, you're nowhere. So that could be the reason why it says in our Mishnah that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was Ana Laviseinu Al Yamsuf. The Mishnah brings down a Maisa Bimei Rabbi Chalafta, Rabbi Chanani Ben Tradyoin, Sha'avar Echlof Ne'ateva, there was a Shlech that went, in front of the Teva V'gomer, Esa Bracha Kula, he finished the Bracha V'loy Anu Achrav Amein. Rather, they said, Baruch Shem K'voy Malchusei Lo'elom Vod. Then there was the Tkiyas and Mishaones Avram Avinu Baham Rio, Yan Eschav Yishma B'kotzai Kaschem, as the Mishnah explains. Uchshabod Dover Eitzcha Chomim, Amru Lo'yayinu Noyegim Kain. We were not noyeg this way. Ela B'shar Mizrach U'vahar Abayis. Now what was it that Chachomim were claiming we were not noyeg? What exactly is the machlik is going on between Rabbi Chalafta and Rabbi Hanan ben Tradyan and the Chachomim? So Rashi understands that the issue at hand is whether you actually are supposed to say Amen or Baruch Shem Kvay Machus And the Chachomim were saying that we never were noyig to say Baruch Shem unless it was in the base of Mikdash. In the Mikdash you say Baruch Shem Kvay Machus but any place else you say Amen. Now the Ran asks on this that if that's the machlokes, then why is it something gets brought only over here? Theoretically, we should see this machlokes any place because they're arguing on a very fundamental issue whether in places other than in the base of Mikdash it was appropriate to use the answer of Baruch Shem instead of Amen. So to this, the Tosfos Yomtev actually answers that only during Tainiyos, Rabbi Chananya ben Tradyan and Rabbi Chalafta held that you're supposed to respond with Baruch Shem but not in other scenarios in the Gvulin, outside the Beis HaMikdush. And that is because, since there was a ceremony here that involved 24 brachas and tkiyas, there are certain things that are reminiscent of ceremonies that they conducted in the Beis HaMikdush itself, and therefore it's not like the fact that they told you to say Baruch Shem over here means that all cases that people are in the Gvulin, outside the Beis HaMikdush, that you're supposed to say Baruch Shem. 
things that are similar to what goes on in the Beis HaMikdash, then you say Baruch Shem, just like you say Baruch Shem in the Beis HaMikdash. The Tzveres Yisrael adds that over here it was similar to Kodshim, to bringing a carbon, because the whole concept of a Tainus is that the Miut Chelev V'dam, the amount of diminished Chelev and Dam that happens to a person during the fast should be considered like a carbon. So then it's considered like things are going on in the Beis HaMikdash, and that's why you say Baruch Shem like you do in the Beis HaMikdash. However, the Ritva is very unhappy with this notion that somebody could hold that you say Baruch Shem outside the Beis HaMikdash. And the way he expresses the question is that since the only reason why they said Baruch Shem in the Beis HaMikdash was because they used to utter the Shem HaMefayrush, so saying the Shem HaMefayrush warrants the response of Baruch Shem. Masha'en came when you use a kinoi like you do a Begvulin outside the Beis HaMikdash, then all you're supposed to say is Amen. So how is it possible, says the Ritva, for Rabbi Hanani ben Tradin and Rabbi Chalafta to make such a mistake? Now this means that the Shita of the Ritva is that you only say Baruch Shem when the Shem HaMefayrush is uttered. And it also means that when the Rabbanan responded by saying, which the Ritva has no problem with. His only problem is with the Shita of Rukhinin ben Tradian and Rabbi Chelafta. But with the Rabbanan Shita who say that, he understands why they would say that you would say, So that tells us that the Ritva understands that in the Har Habayis, they used to say the Shem HaMafayrish. And this is problematic from a sugya in Yuma Daf Beis. Over there in the sugya, the Gemara relates how Ezra, Ezra was in the Ezra's Noshim. The Gemara asks, My Godel, It was not Shegidloi B'Shem HaMefoyrush, rather he said, Baruch Hashem Elokei Yisroel, Abaya asks, How do you know that it's that he was gidloy Lashem by saying Baruch Hashem Maybe he was gidloy b'shem amafirish that Ezra actually said the shem amafirish. You do not say the shem amafirish bigvulim, and like Rashi says, Kol chutz Outside the Azara, including the Elis Nashim and Kol Shekain, the Harabayas, would be called Gvulin, and therefore you don't say the Shema Mephirish. So now we have a problem. How is it that the Ritva is only concerned with the Shita of Reb Chanina ben Tradin and Reb Chalafta, and not with the Rabbanan? If the Rabbanan respond by saying, and the Ritva understands that saying Baruch Shem is a function of Shem HaMafayrush, it seems clear in that Gemara that you do not say the Shem HaMafayrush outside the Azara, and that includes Har Habayis. Now, of course, according to the Shita of Reb Yosef B'Shem Rav over there, we do hear that they said Shem HaMafayrush in the Ezes Nashim. But according to Rev Gidel, you don't say the Shem HaMafayrush outside the Azara. So this question is asked by the Afike Yam in the Kuntras Achron of Simon Gimel in his Sefer. And his basic answer is to be mechalak between the Shem HaMafayrush of Membez Oisius and the Shem HaMafayrush of Yudke Vavke. It's only in the Azara that they used to say the Shem Shel Membez Oisius, but they still would say the Shem HaMafayrush of four Oisius of Yudke Vavke outside the Azara in the Har Habayis. Akopanim, we mentioned one Hezber, that's the Shittas Rashi, as to what the Machloikis between Rebchanan ben Tradian and Rebchalafta against the Chachamim was. Namely, whether it's appropriate outside the Beis HaMikdash, outside the Harabayis and the Shara Mizrach, to say Baruch Shem instead of Amen. There are other Hezberim in the Rishonim. The Ran brings down one Hezber, and this Hezber is also brought down in the Ritva that the Chachamim were saying that the Minog was not to blow Tkiyos in the middle of the Seder HaTfilo. Because in the Gvulim, they were only supposed to say the Brachas without the Teruis. And even though the Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah that there were Chatzotzers Begvulim during Tiny Ice, that's only that they would blow after they finished the Chavdalet Brachas. However, the Ran brings a second shot, and he says this is Yoyser Mechuvar, and he says this is the Shita of the Rambam, Perik Dalet, Alocha Yud Zayin, that in the Gvulin, the Seder Atfilo was as follows. First they would say, Misha'ana Lavra, Misha'ana Lavisena, whatever the Misha'ana was. Next they would be Chosim the Bracha. The Kohol would respond by saying, Amen. And then after that they would have the Tkiyas. In the Mikdash, however, he says it was not possible to have Tkiyas immediately following the response, which in the Mikdash, of course, was Baruch Shem. 
because then it would appear as if the tkiyas were a tkiyah on the Baruch Shem. So therefore they would switch around the order. First they would have the Chesim Sabracha. Next, they would have Baruch Shem, and then they would say Misha Anna, and after Misha Anna, they would blow the Tkiyas. This way, like we said, they would ensure that it wasn't as if the Tkiyas were going on the Baruch Shem. The Ran brings another Pirush, which is that in the Mikdash, they used to say Misha Anna twice. Once before the Chesim of the Bracha, and once after the Chesim Reb Chanin ben Tradian and Reb Chalafta did that in the Gvulin, and the Chachamim say that you don't have to. And the reason is very simple. He says, what's the reason why they used to say Misha'ana again after the Chesima? It's because after the Chesima, since the response to the Bracha was Baruch Shem, there was a hefsik between the Tkiah and the Bracha. Therefore, in the Gvulin, where it was only Amen, Amen wasn't the hefsik, so the Tkiah could follow the Amen and that's considered like it goes on the whole bracha, including the Misha'ana, and that's why you don't have to repeat the Misha'ana after the bracha. Finally, there's the pshat that the Ritva himself says, and that is that the machloikes is basically a machloikes, whether you are tekeya with shoifer and chatzoitzris in the gvulin or not. In the mikdash, they use two instruments, shoifer and chatzoitzris. But in the gvulin, he says, Makam shiyesh shoifer ein chatzoitzris, or makam shiyesh chatzoitzris ein shoifer. So we basically have five explanations as to what the machloikis between the Chachamim and Chalafta with Rebchanin ben Tradian was. According to Rashi, the machloikis was whether you say Baruch Shem or Amen. According to the Ran's first pshat, the machloikis was whether the tkiyas were in the middle of the Nusach of Tefillah or after. According to the Ran's second pshat, which also, he says, is the pshat of the Rambam. The machlekes was whether you should take Misha'ana and put it later after the Chesim Sabrocha, after you answer, so that the Tkiyas can follow the Misha'ana. And that way it will not appear as if the Tkiyas are being blown for the Baruch Shem, since that was only true in the Mikdash, where you said Baruch Shem, but not in the Gvulim, you said Amen, you don't have to do that, and therefore the Misha'ana can precede the Bracha. The fourth pshat is the third pshat of the Ran, which is whether you have to say Misha'ana twice, the Machlokis was, the Racham held, you don't have to say Misha'ana twice since you're only saying Amen, and Amen is not a Hefzik, it's only in the Mikdash where you have to repeat the Misha'ana because of the hefsik of Baruch Shem. And the fifth shot is from the Ritva, which is that the Machlekes was whether you used both instruments or only one instrument. The Mishnah tells us that the Anshei Mishmar is Anin V'loy Mashlimin, the Anshei Beisav V'loy Hoyum is Anin Klal. The Anshei Mishmar we're not able to fast the entire day because it's possible, as Rashi explains, B'Shem the Gemara later, Perhaps the avoid will be too much for the Anshe Beis Av that were being oven on that day. And the Anshe Mishmar would come, would need to be helping them. And therefore, So that's the reason why the Anshe Mishmar were misanin v'loy mashlimin. Now what does it mean that they were misanin v'loy mashlimin? The Sfasemis makes the assumption that it was a very large portion of the day that they would fast, even though they weren't mashlim and they didn't finish the Tainus fully. And he asks, why would that help? If, according to Rashi, the reason why they were not mashlim is because they needed to have Koyach to help with the Avoida. He says most of the Karbonis had to be brought before the Tamash Ben Harbaim. There's the Aseda Shlama, your Mechuyiv, to bring Karbonis before the Tamash Ben Harbaim. And he says, well, perhaps we could say that there's more of a Paspasale uh, for a person who knows that he's not going to have to finish the Tainus fully, so he's going to be able to eat soon, and therefore he'll have more Kayach to do the Avoida. However, he says that he'd rather understand that what's going on is that you're allowed to eat uh, shortly after Chatzois. Even though he says, And what he means is that this is very similar to the din, as is brought down in the Gemara on Daf Yud at Aleph, where someone is not mechuyiv to fast on Tisha B'av that was pushed off from Shabbos to Sunday because it's his Yom Tif, like the Gemara says over there, their Yom Tif, the Atzim Maroche, came out to be on that day, and therefore they weren't mechuyiv to be mashlam the tainis. They just had to fast partially, so as not to be Parish minhat sibur. And the Gemara is medame that din to our din of not being mashlam when you're part of the Anche Mishmar. And in that halacha, the Mogan Avram, in Simon Tov Kuf Nun Tes, 
Sifkat and Yud Gimel is done whether you're supposed to fast until Mincha Gedoyla or until Mincha Tana. Now Mincha Gedoyla is one half hour after Chatzois. Mishabru over there actually in Sifkat and Lamed Zayin says that the Achreinim argue on the Mogan Avram who is mitzade to be machmer and make you wait until Mincha Tana. So Lefize, it's not so difficult to understand. A half hour after Chatzayis gave enough time for the Anshi Mishmar to eat during that day, and that way they would have Koyach. Now later on in the Mishnah, it's Mavur, that the Anshi Beis Av are not allowed to drink Yayin, Loi B'yoyim V'loi B'layla. It's Machleikas Vishoyim, Machleikas Rashi and the Rambam, what the reason why the Anshi Beis Av are not allowed to drink Yayin B'layla is. Rashi over here says, He says, Hector took place the entire night, and any Aver, fats that went off of the Mizbeach, they would put them back throughout the night. And since that has a din of an Avoida, it's also to drink Yayim because you get Misa, Midei Shamayim. If you do the avoida while being under the influence of alcohol. That is, if you drink yayin, then there's misbidesha mayim. If one drinks some other mashka that's meshaker, then it's an iser. You don't get misbidesha mayim. Either which way, it would be usr. So that's one Hezbi Rashi gives. Inami Rashi says, like gumru biyoyim, gumrim balayla. Any haktara that didn't take place during the day, they would go and be makter at night. So Rashi's reason for not being allowed to drink at night is because of Hector Chalov and Ve'ivarim. On the other hand, the Rambam in Hilchus B'yaz Mikdash, Perak Aleph Halach gives a different reason. He says that the problem is Shema Yishta Balayla, maybe a person's going to drink in the nighttime. The Yashkim Lavaidasai, he'll get up early the next morning to do the Avoida, and the Yayin, the effect of the Yayin has not yet worn off. So that will be a problem. Legabe is avoided for the next day. The Ravid over there in the Hasogis asks on him and he learns like Rashi. So what is the Hezber and the Machlikis, the Rambam and Rashi? Why does, first of all, why does the Rambam not want to say like Rashi? Why does he have to say? Because we're worried about the next day's Avoida. What's the matter with Rashi's Hezber that we're worried about the Hector Chalav Mevarim of that night? So we could say two Hezberim. The Aruch Lener gives one Hezber. He says that it's Mashma that the Anshe Beis Av are never allowed to drink at night, and that includes Shabbos. And the question is, Shabbos, there's an Isser to do Hector Chalav Ve'ivarim, of Karbonis that were brought during the previous day. Memele says the Ramam didn't want to learn like Rashi. Another Hezber, and we can find this Hezber in the Arsameach, in Hilchas Maiser Karbonis, Perik Beis, Allah Beis, that the Ramam has the following problem. He says, if the reason why you're not allowed to drink at night is because of the din of Hector Chalov and Ve'varim, how would that explain the Mashmos that it's usher to drink Yayin the entire night? After all, he says, after Chatzois, you're not allowed to do Hector Chalov and Ve'varim. And this, says Dar Sameach, is really a machlik, it's the Rambam and Rashi Lushitosa. Because if you'll take a look at the first Mishnah in Brachis, over there, it's Mavur that the Chachamim made a siyag for certain things. That the mitzvah is kol halayla, and they said you only have until chatzois. Now, there are three things mentioned in that Mishnah. One is Kriyashma, the other is kol anacholim liyoyim echad, which means kodshim, that you have the right to eat for one day and the following night. And the third thing is Hector chalov ve'ivarim. Rashi over there, on the base in Brochus, says that the Chachamim only made a siyog, they only made a special gzeira by Kriyashma and by Kolanacholim Luyoyim Echot. But by Hector Chalobim Veivarim, they did not make a siyog. They didn't tell you that you're Mukhuyiv to stop by Chatzois. So therefore, Rashi is not bothered by this question, because Rashi Lashitasi holds that the Chachamim never made a siyog, Legabe Hector Chalobim Veivarim, Umimela, it would be Asr Hanim of that base Av to drink Yayin the entire night, because the entire night there's a din to do Hector Chalobim Veivarim. Masha'enkein, the Rambam, Perk Dalit, Maisek Rabonis, Halacha Beis, says that they even made a siyog by Hector Chalobim Veivarim. So the Rambam Lashitasi has the taina that the Yarsameach says. Then how do you explain why we asked the Kahanam of that base of to drink Yayin the entire night? We should only ask them to drink Yayin until Chatzois. Must be a new time, as the Ramam says, because of the Avoida of the next day. 
However, one should take a look at the Beis HaLevi, Chelek Aleph, Semen Lamedal, Tzivkot and Vav, the Kilos Yankiv, in the end of Menachas, they are Medayik from Rashi and Menachas. Dafayim Bezim and Aleph, Divra Maschel Ulahakter, that he was Chayzer from that which he writes in Brachas Dav Bez, and he holds that it would also only be Mutter to do Hector Chalav and Vevarim up until Chatzois. Now, we discussed why the Rambam doesn't want to learn like Rashi, but why doesn't Rashi want to learn like the Rambam's time, that the reason why we tell you not to drink yain during the night is because of the next day's avoida. Says the Arch Lener, very simply because in the morning they already switched the Mishmaris, and therefore there's no chashash that somebody during this night who drinks wine would be doing the avoida the next day. The Mishnah continues and it says that Anshe Mishmar Anshe Maimed Asurin Milisaper they're not allowed to take haircuts or do a kvisa of their begodim, as the Gemara explains later. However, it says Hashabbos. Why does it say Chamishi? What about Erev Shabbos? So Rashi says, V'chamishi shel mishmartan mutarin, derech roi v'nei odom lehistaper b'chamishi v'loi be'erev Shabbos v'nei atoyrech. The derech of most people is to take a haircut on Thursday and not on Erev Shabbos because so much tircha goes into preparing for Shabbos that a person may not have the time to take a haircut. Now the Bach in Archaim Simen Reish Samach says, B'shem the Marshal, that one should take a haircut on Friday and not on Thursday. And he says the reason is because it's not going to be nicker that he's doing it L'Tzayruch Shabbos. When a person does preparations for Shabbos, he should do it in a way that it's nicker that he's doing it L'Tzayruch Shabbos. The Mogan Avram asks on him that over here it's Mefurish that on Thursday it's Mutter to take a haircut. How could he say that you're supposed to do it on Friday and not on Thursday? Answers the Magen Avram, the Efsher, the Mikom Moka, Mitzvah, Mena Muvcher, Be Erev Shabbos. Maybe, he says, really the best way to do it is to do it on Erev Shabbos. Elisha Anshe Maimed, Loi Hayu Poinim, Be Erev Shabbos. The Anshe Maimed didn't have time on Erev Shabbos. Of course, it's very much not mashed that way from the Lashon of Rashi. Rashi says, Derech, Roiv Bnei Adam, Lehistaper, Bechamishi. In the Gemara, when explaining the order of things, it says that you first put Efer, Baroish Hanasi. And only after that we put Efer Barosh Kol Echad Ve'echad. And the Gemara asks that that shouldn't be the order because we know that Begedula Maschilan Min HaGadol Ubeklala Maschilan Min HaKotin. And our case seems to be something that's more Shaykh to Klala. And the Gemara answers that this is still a Chshivis because by putting Efer on his head we're trying to say you are so Chashiv that you are expected to daven on behalf of everybody else. Now what is the Makar that by Klolo were maschilo min hakotan? The Gemara says because the Nachash was niskalo first and only afterwards Chava was niskalo and then after that Adam. And the question is asked, why does that prove that by Klolo you're maschilo min hakotan? Perhaps the reason why the Nachash was niskalo first is because he was the one who started the whole thing. So there are various terutsim given to this question in the Achroinim. In the Agoyes from Lezim Moshe Harvitz in Brachas Daf Samach Aleph, he says that even though the Nochash started the process, nevertheless, if there was an issue of COVID like there is by other things, such as Gedula, then we would have started with the Gadol. We would have started from Adam, even though the Nochash initiated the Chet. In the Sefer Smichas Chachamim, he says that since Adam Rishon was the one who was mitzvah beferish from Akharish Baruchu, he was really the one that we should have started with. He has the tzivah beferish. The Nochash wasn't mitzvah beferish, and neither was Chava. So why is it that we don't start with Adam? He's the one that should have been Iskalo first. The reason is because by Klala, you're maschilin min hakotan. In the Eitz Yosef, he says, furthermore, that since HaKadosh Baruch Hu already began talking to Adam Arishan first, it would have made more sense for Adam Arishan to have gotten his Klala before everybody else. The only reason why the Nachash was Niskalo first, even though HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not even begin a dialogue with the Nachash, is because by Klala what you do is your Maschilin Min HaKotan. You have been listening to the Shurim of Shas Illuminated. Shas Illuminated is a non-profit organization dedicated to broadening the learning of those studying the DAF worldwide. If you would like to make a donation or to dedicate a DAF or Masechta, please visit our website at shasilluminated.org or call 203-312-SHAS. You can also email us at shasilluminated at gmail.com.